Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back to the Wellness Wonderland Radio, everybody. This is Katie, and I am so excited to have with me a woman I look up to so much. Bex of Bex Life is here. And I met Bex literally in an elevator. We were just talking about this before we started recording. We were at a Hay House conference, and I was totally starstruck meeting her because I'd been following her amazing blissed out wellness blog for a while now, and she in person um, is completely the embodiment of everything she is online. One of those ladies who does it all with so much grace and ease. I don't know how. She's a mother fitness and yoga instructor, TV host, blogger, farmer, been everywhere from Forbes to Mashable. She's just really, really great. So thank you so much for stopping by Wonderland, Bex. Thank you for that incredible introduction. I love you. (laughs) I love you too. And I'm so excited to keep chatting with you. So I have so much to ask you. So let's just go ahead and um, jump right in. You've created your own wellness wonderland that you live in yourself, and you help other women and people um, get to that place as well. So how long did it take you to kind of get where you are today on your path of health and wellness? Have you always been passionate about holistic health and um, Mm. everything like that? Can you kind of just give us your backstory in relation to healthy living? Sure. It took me... um, 35 years in three days <laughs> I'm counting to get here. It's just such a long, it's such a long story. It's like every single day is part of the story. I guess that it really started um, when my older son was diagnosed with a visual impairment called ocular albinism at two months old. So this was 13 years ago and there's no cure for it. There's really no treatment. And I started exploring alternative, um, alternative health, like diet, uh, different exercise, things that we could do for him. And it spilled over into the whole family. So it was, uh, the eating started there 13 years ago. And unfortunately I went through a a very painful divorce, um, when I was 27 and, um, with his father and the father of my older three children. And when I went to the doctor, they wanted to prescribe antidepressants. And I was like, hell to the no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. You don't even know me. Not that there's you know anything wrong with people who find um, you know healing in that, but it just wasn't for me. So I joined the gym and I started talking about it online and I started talking about it on Facebook and, and my friends were asking me, what are you doing? You look great. Like everything seems to be going great for you. And it just turned into this thing that I have no control over. So it just snowballed from there. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, and that's so funny. I can relate a lot. Like even with my blog, it's it's funny because I love it so much, which is great. But I know that I'm um, doing the something that I'm supposed to be doing because same thing. Like I, you know, I was doing yoga teacher training and people would mm-hmm. see um, on Facebook just stuff about me and 
so many times I would get these messages from girls, a lot of times people I didn't know even, you know, people who mm-hmm. I like maybe sat by in class or, you know, sort of knew like that. And, and they were always saying the same thing, you know, hey, you look great. Like, how can I, you help me? Or, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. Like, um, you know, what do you do? Or questions like this. And like, there were so many of them. And I knew that I could get back to them and I could help them. And I had so many links and resources I wanted to share with them. So I would get back to them all individually. And and I loved that. And I and I still get those messages and I still do the same thing. But now I can send them to one place. You know, I can just kind of say, yeah. hey, go here. Like, this is what I do every day or this is, you know, what inspires me today. So um, I think that's what I love about the blogging platform. And that's what it allows us to do is kind of just be this curator to the world and what we like and what's working for us as well as other things that are inspiring us. And it's just a really great way to share information. Yeah, um, I was I was truly called to do this. I, I think that this all happened by accident and then very much on purpose because it wasn't me putting stuff out there as much as people asking for things from me. And so when I saw that as an opportunity and I kept giving in that way, it, that's when it, that's when it grew. Even Blistin, Blistin is such a funny story. I was in yoga teacher training. It was my first night and we were talking about the feeling that we get when we do yoga. And I said, Oh, there's this expression that I like that I stole from my teacher Tara styles Blistin. And someone turned to me and said, you know, you should put that on a t-shirt. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna. And it turned into this like thing where people were wearing my shirts and tweeting about it and using the hashtag and oh, it's I just so that. beautiful yeah I love, I love it too first of all I'm starstruck that Tara Styles is your yoga teacher because she's amazing <laughs> she's, a, she's my good friend she's my good friend I, I love, love that um I guess she's mine too I watch all of her yoga or your YouTube yoga videos so she's yeah. everybody's yoga teacher <laughs> she is she's but, an amazing um, woman but yeah and I remember her blissed in like two week before Christmas, like little challenge she, she did. Yeah, so I yeah. can totally hear her saying that expression too. It's such a great expression. It rolls off the tongue and it's just, it's just so cool when you're, when you're called to do something, it's lined up and, you know, as Gabby would say, the universe has your back and it's just mm-hmm. going to give you what you need. And, mm-hmm. and that's just, that's so amazing. So as a blogger who's been so successful, you kind of gave us your, your secret there is just, you're meant to do it. But what would you say to aspiring bloggers um, out there who who want to have their message shared, but maybe have some fear there, or maybe just mm. some other stuff? Like, what kind of what kind of advice would you have for them, and and how can they stand out? Oh, the fear, the fear. Mm. Let me tell you something. Not the fear. Uh, well, you know what it is. I have a lot of fear. My practice is to always act in spite of it. Always. So it's, it's not that sometimes I'll be on the phone negotiating some kind of contract with a brand or I'm writing something that's deeply personal and I'm like shaking. It's terrible. My teeth are gritting. My fists are clenched. It's that um, I have to just do it anyway. It's almost just taking the leap and, you know, trusting that the net will appear and all of those cliche sayings, but it's but really good. just acting in spite of it, really. And it's, and it's, always terrifying. And you know what? Sometimes if you're, if you're doing it right, it's going to just be terrifying. That's the indication that you're doing something that's going to be really, really awesome. Um, if I let fear get in the way, oh my gosh, none of this would ever be happened. I, I do jumping jacks on the internet and spandex. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, like I'm constantly doing something that's potentially very humiliating, but it's helping people. And the reward that I get is just so much more beautiful than any kind of self-preservation. 
So just um, do it anyway. And, and I heard the other day I was talking to someone that said, you know, you always have to be fake. You always have to be on. You always have to be what? smiling. Yeah, well, they were, I mean, not criticizing me, but saying, like, in order to be successful, you always right. have to be so happy. And That's I said, crazy. you know what? It's the opposite. It's the opposite. You have to be, I mean, if you're always happy, be always happy. But you almost have to be extra real, like real till right. it hurts, till it's just like, oh, I'm just bleeding my guts all over the place because because that's when these, these true connections happen. Yeah. I, I always say, I mean, this is something that I will hold true to forever. And it's part of the reason that I'm writing my book, because my book is angering a lot of people. And we'll probably get to that. But um, this, there's, no, there's no virtue in secrets. Secrets are about shame. So when we really open up and we become 100% real, I just don't see the value in secrets. It's when we're real that we have these connections that are truly life-changing and world-shifting. So uh, my advice to new bloggers, do it anyway. And I think the (laughs) other advice that you're you're saying here is to be authentic when you do it. Because not only can people tell... But you won't enjoy it. And and I think that's the biggest thing. Even for me, you know, I've gotten, like, progressively more authentic. Like, I share, like, progressively more and more and more until who knows what I'm going to be sharing, like, in 10 years. I'll just be like, <laughs> it'll be crazy. Um, no, I think, I think the authentic word, I mean, authentic spunk. It's like a new buzzword and everybody really loves it. And all it really means is just, like, just just be truthful. Be Look real. at yourself. Be yeah. real. Be truthful. And, and... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm like the worst liar. If I told a lie, I probably wouldn't even remember it next week. So it's just easier. It's just easier. And, and easier. being fake or being that, that way you were talking about before, I mean, it's draining. I heard, um, yeah. I think Gabby in a lecture once was talking about how she was somewhere where um, she wasn't like feeling aligned, like it just didn't feel right. And she was having to like be really fake. Like maybe she was like networking or something and she was being mm. really like, telling these stories about her life. Oh, I'm Gabrielle Bernstein. This is who I am. This is who I am. Or very, and she was just the whole time she was like not being herself. And she said that she learned this lesson because the next day she woke up and she felt drained. She felt yes. like so constricted and she felt like she like was hung over after the event yes. or whatever it was. I don't even remember, but she was like, when you're, it takes it out of you to be like that. And that's why some people like, you know, don't like going out or don't like, you know, being with mm-hmm. people who like aren't the people that they can be a real around, you know? That's why you want to surround yourself with people who accept you. But really everybody should just accept everybody and and allow create that space where everybody can be authentic because one of my favorite quotes from Gabby is one that she says and she says, "When people are real, I fall in love with them." Yes. And I think that's so true that like if you're real on your blog, people are going to love it. Like I know the posts that I put out there that are so raw and real are the ones that people dig, you know? And it's, it's, I'm, I, I'm like, oh my God, that's my journal like typed out, you know? And And it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be something that's so deeply personal. When I talk about, sometimes I'll talk about, I know I got this new laundry ball that's changing my life. I haven't used laundry detergent in about three weeks. When I talk about that, I'm so excited because it's something that is truly important to me and that comes through. So you could be selling sneakers, laundry detergent, your new memoirs about something deeply personal that happened to you. If you just have this, this energy of something that's, that's truly important or something that's like really changing you, people are going to vibe off of that. And I get the question all the time, like, how do you have so much energy? Because I'm doing what I freaking love. Yeah. Yeah. It rocks. That's amazing. And I think it's so true. And, that, and that's kind of why I love social media. I think people can get like 
flack for um, on Instagram, like um, whatever, like sharing personal stuff and, and mm-hmm. you know, like what you eat or what you, you know, your laundry ball or whatever. But like, <laughs> I love that. I love, I think Gabby, I, I keep talking about Gabby like every five seconds. I love her too. It's okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But anyway, she um, she put that video blog out a couple weeks ago saying about, like, negativity on the internet. And she was saying she was getting, like – actually, she brought this up in the conference that we were at. And, and I think she was saying that, like, on her Instagram, people kind of were giving her some flack about, um, you know, are you a foodie? Are you an inspirational speaker? Are you a yo – like, what is – because you have so much on your Instagram. And, um, and she was saying that – she thought about it for a while, but I think that, you know, I love seeing when like she that. posts, you know, her food or something like silly, like the laundry ball to say like, oh my God, these people are real people. And to show that authenticity, it makes it makes them so much more relatable. And I think a blogger needs to be relatable or people don't care, you know, like they want to be yeah. able to see that you're excited about the laundry ball or the dinner you had or and then the next day you can turn around and and show something else but I mean to show what you're doing in the moment and I think that's what social media is and that's what blogging is it's showing things real time you know what's inspiring you real in real time maybe four weeks from now you won't talk about the laundry ball probably will because it's really sounds really cool (laughs) but you know still it's like it's showing things in real time and how they're inspiring you and and that's the coolest thing I think about the blog platform well that's the thing I mean I got a lot of flack about that too from even colleagues um and mentors who said you know Rebecca your your blog is in so many different directions you're talking about fitness yoga chickens uh kids breastfeeding and I said but you know what that's my life. This is what I'm vlogging about. My life is all of these things. And, you know, hopefully anyone who, you know, falls in love with me or my message will get that and be down with that. Like, you don't need to have all these things in common with me, but it's what I'm really talking about is feeling fulfilled, taking adventurous steps in your life, doing what, you know, what your passion is, following your passion. And, and that's what I'm representing. You don't have to go get backyard chickens or breastfeed for however many years that I've been doing it or whatever. Right. Just just vibe off of my lust for life. And um, yeah, so I'm keeping it all yeah. over the place. Yeah, no, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and that felt really good actually for me to hear just like totally personally. I've been getting that same flack on my blog. Like, like you do, there's so many things you've got to, somebody actually told me this, this feedback. Another blogger said, you know, you really should specialize. You should just choose one thing and blog about that. And I was like, okay, but I can't, like, I have so many things I'm passionate about. And that's why I really like to make it an umbrella topic that really, it's all the same stuff. You know, all those things you were talking about, it's all about living a life that's best for you. And And it will change because, you know, five years from now, you'll be a different person. Hopefully 10 years from now, you'll be a different person, hopefully. And that's the thing. Like, well, there was a time when I was all about the gym all the time. That's not my life today. Now it's just like, you know what? Sometimes I work out. Sometimes I go hiking. Sometimes I do a little yoga. This is my life. Most days I just want to meditate, you know? So they followed me. I have a very loyal audience. I have an audience hopefully that will grow with me. Um, but if you stay the same all the time, I mean, how boring is that? I mean, I could do fitness forever, but I would just suffer because that's not where I want to be. Oh, that's amazing. No, that's, that's awesome, and I think we've got we got a lot of good blog talk there, and a lot of <laughs> yeah. inspiration for other bloggers. So it's just so cool to have a conversation with you. Um, but I guess getting getting back on track here, um, and this might be an opportunity for you to talk about your book. I don't know, but my next question was just going to be, 
of all the different projects you're doing right now, you're doing so much cool stuff. What are you yeah. most excited about? That's my book. I, I was kind of hoping so. I was kind of hoping so. It's my book. Um, you know what? I love everything. I love everything, but everything's kind of like on, um, it's like a machine now. So it's taking care of itself, like the blogging, the videos. I've been meeting really incredible people. That's another thing that I've been doing, just bringing in a lot of experts into Beck's life, hypnotists, um, healers. But this book is like, uh, it's what everything's for. It's what I believe everything that I've done up until now, that's what it's leading towards is this book. Oh, Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you about it. So, um, yeah, the book is a memoir. It's called uh, The Accidental White Girl. And to make it super, super brief, (laughs) it's it's about my life growing up biracial and not knowing it until I was much older in a segregated town in an all-white family and all of the hijinks that ensue because of that. And um, there's a lot of sad stuff. There's, um, you know, I've had a history of abusive relationships, um, depression, anxiety, Um, so there's that stuff and how I overcame it. And then there's just lots of fun stuff, like silly things and like the situations that you get in when, you know, dealing with, with racism and, um, which doesn't seem silly, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I think a lot of girls, especially girls who are struggling with identity or fitting in, they're going to see a lot of themselves in this book. And I'm so excited to write it and give it to them very, very soon within the year. Oh, and I am so excited to read it. It sounds absolutely amazing. And I am just like so psyched for you because it sounds so cool. And you can tell again that you're authentic and you're passionate about it. And that's just going to drive it. And it's going to be like done and amazing. So, oh, you know what? It's like not even me writing the book. I know that um, you know, sometimes Wayne Dyer will say this, like he just sits down and it's someone else writing the words or he'll go into a lecture and it's someone else speaking through him. I know Gabby says the same thing. And that's what I feel like with this book. It's like, it's not even about me anymore. It's about something that's so much bigger than me. It's about service. And oh it's my about, gosh, it's you know, in you. You just got to get it out. I got to get it out. I'm working it on out. it. I'm working on it every day. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I want to get back to the personal with you here. Yeah. So health is obviously a priority um, at your home and with your kids mm-hmm. and, and, and your life. But how do you teach them about health, but also about finding balance? So like, how do you allow them, you know, maybe you growing up didn't have health part of your life, but you, yeah. you do now, like, how do you let them discover things and, and try things so they won't, you know, some people, like I always say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, obviously I'm going to raise my kids someday when I have them super healthy, blah, blah, blah. And, and people say to me all the time, well, oh my gosh, they're just going to rebel later and, and go mm-hmm. crazy. And, and mm-hmm. I'd love some advice for you on, on that and, and what you think about that. You don't raise kids to eat a certain way. You raise them to love themselves and to be aware. Mm, nice. That's the, I mean, and you know what? That's for kids. That's for adults. And that just came out of me because I didn't even, that was my prepared answer. But really, when you love yourself in a way, you honor yourself with the choices that you make. You know, sometimes I'm going to honor myself with a little ice cream cake because it's my birthday. And that's what I'm going to eat for the next three days, which I have been doing. I love my ice cream cake. Happy belated birthday, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. But then, I mean, I, I, because I love myself so much, I know that if I eat too much dairy, I'm going to get sick to my stomach. I don't want that. 
you know, I'm going to feel sluggish for the rest of the week. So I have my, my ice cream cake. And then I know that tomorrow I'm getting really deep into raw fruits and vegetables. I'm going to have some smoothies. I might juice. Um, and you do the same for the kids. Like, first of all, you have to lead by example. Because no matter what parents think, you are their greatest influence. My 15-year-old daughter even told me that, that she like looks to me as her greater, greatest influence, mm. especially on body image. So you have to be that example. You don't talk poorly about yourself because you don't want your kids to not love themselves and look at themselves as the perfect beings that they are, because they are. And you, you, know, you just say, you know, is this something that's going to make you feel good? Is this something that's not going to make you feel good? If it makes you feel good in this moment, is it going to make you feel good 10 minutes from now or tomorrow? Just think, just be aware. And then everything else will sort itself out. They will not have perfect diets. That doesn't matter. It's just that they're aware. I love that. I freaking love that because it's, it's so true. And it's gosh, like that's just great advice for anyone. I mean, thinking, and I, and I do that now too. You know, I, I think I heard someone, someone said like, you know, I look at the cupcake now and I think, oh yeah, you know, that cupcake looks really great. It's really tasty. But instead of thinking about like, you know, having it and wanting it, I think about, I don't not want it, you know, not to gain weight or not to, you know, break out. I think of how is it going to make me feel? Like, mm-hmm. how is it going to make me feel after? And that's exactly what you just said. And I think if that's something that you can show kids and teach kids, it's all about leading by example. And that's mm-hmm. just super powerful. And you're such a power of example to everybody in the world, but right there, <laughs> everybody, everybody. everybody <laughs> No, but really, you've got that that direct live audience every single day, and and that's so great that they look up to you, and and you you're there everything. So yeah, actions, words. I mean, it's not that I've never said in front of my kids, I feel fat, but now I'm super aware of it. And you know, I'll say like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Like that was a stupid thing for me to say because I'm not fat, and I'm their mom, and they think that you know I'm beautiful because I'm their mom, and I should honor their opinion of me too. I mean, I, I, I tell people, I have a meditation where I, I instruct people to look at themselves or think of themselves through the eyes of the person who loves them the most, mm-hmm. a child, a spouse, a, you know, whomever, their parents, because they look at you like you're perfect. And what, how can you dishonor that opinion you know, of, of theirs by saying that you're not? It's just it's not good. It's not cool. So just be the person who you are meant to be in, you know, to the universe and then to the people who love you, especially your children and uh, everything will be golden. I love that. So how do you balance this lifestyle and, and our kind of way of thinking, I'll call it and way of um, eating and just kind of, we'll just call it a healthy wellness lifestyle in general to people who maybe are unaware of this or, um, you know, maybe want to know more, but not directly. And how do you kind of like balance those types of relationships in your life without, with giving information when it's asked for, because we are so (laughs) passionate, but without being too preachy. Well, you know, it's so funny. I was just talking about this with someone. I used to be super, super afraid, um, especially with my family because, um, there's my family, most of them are overweight. Um, And they don't live the same lifestyle as me at all. And I used to be afraid to approach them uh, with different things that I was doing. I think it's the same thing with the kids. Uh, Just be an example. 
So they'll come to you. When people see that you're finding joy or happiness or success in whatever you're doing, they will start to come to you and you can't force it on them. And I think that when you truly believe and you're very comfortable where you are, you're not going to be preachy about it. Because I have this friend who's you know, just getting into meditation and like all, this, you know, all this cool stuff that he's into, but he like yells it at me whenever he's telling me. And I'm like, dude, why are you yelling? Because it's almost like he's defending it. Right. Like he's so desperate for it to be working for him that he's like defending it. And he has to go to battle about it when I'm just like, look, my life is good. I'm chill with the choices that I've made. And if people come to me, I'm happy to share. And if they're not ready, then I don't need to push it on them. So I recently, just in the last week, my brother-in-law, who is um, very much overweight, he's almost 400 pounds, he's suffering very much from, from pain and um, a lot of different illnesses because you know, of his weight, he um, told me that he's willing to go to my hypnotist uh-huh. and have a session. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that is awesome. Isn't that so amazing? Like, yeah. I, I can totally relate. You know, a lot of people like look at me and they're like, Oh my gosh, you probably came from like nuts and berries hippies out in the Adam and Eve, you know? And I'm like, no, I didn't. You know, I can relate a lot to your story with your family. My, mine is very similar. But um, I used to be the same way as your friend, that meditator. And I would go home and be like, try this, eat kale, eat quinoa, do it, try it. You know, I want to heal you. I want to heal you, you know, all this stuff. And and then I realized that that's, that overwhelms people. And you got to just yeah. lead by example. And, um, and that can be really hard because we're excited and we're, yeah. we're passionate. So I think that's really, really great advice. It all goes back to just leading by example, being that power of example. And again, when they're ready, they will come to you. And isn't it the greatest high? Like you felt, yes. you know, when you're, it's the greatest high because like we help so many people and, and we, um, or, you know, we, we put so much out there and, and there's so many p- people that, you know, take in our message, but, and, and that's cool and that's great. But I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I'll just say that like, the people I really want to help the most are the people who are closest to me. But I think sometimes it's easier to kind of help people who you're not quite as close with because there's so much stuff there. And then once you do, then the other people will say, oh, okay. And then they'll kind of come to you. So I think it's all, it's all encompassing and it'll all come back um, in a little circle. You can't let your ego get the best of you. You gotta just, you know, because a lot of it's ego because we want to help so bad and we want to change because it change people because it feeds us in such a way that's so powerful. It makes us feel so good. It makes our ego feel good. But the reward is so much greater when it's actually being received and not battered into them. (laughs) So if you just allow it to happen, then that goes, you know, beyond the ego. It's when you're actually serving someone when you're actually making that change that it feels much much better so and I've learned that the hard way you know I've like tried to yell from the mountaintops and like beat it into people but it's it's them just kind of giving up and surrendering instead of actually receiving it so it's not really effective so that so easy. is such a good and timely lesson for me to learn completely <laughs> personally like that is kind of what I'm working through right now and yeah that like Shouting it from the rooftops isn't maybe the best idea sometimes, you know, and just that's, that's such a great, great lesson for me. And I, and I know that'll help so many people too. This Um, podcast was divinely orchestrated, Katie. Totally, totally, (laughs) totally. Um, okay. Well, staying on the, on the personal note, um, 
Can you walk us through, let us into your home and walk <laughs> us through your morning routines and how you kind of start your day and, and how, why is that important to you and how the rest of your day goes? Oh my gosh, this is going to sound so unspiritual, but I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I wake up at about 5.30 every day on fire. And I know that some gurus, like they get up and they're like meditating or whatever, but I wake up with- That's amazing. I wake up like a bat out of hell. I'm so excited for the day, like a lunatic. That is your spiritual practice. I think that's an amazing (laughs) spiritual practice. So 5.30, I get up. I would say from 5.30 to at least 7, 7.30, I'm completely by myself. So I dive right into my work, which I love so much. Um, Usually starts off by reading emails from... You know, girls, I get a lot of emails from girls who are struggling with eating disorders. Um, It's heavy. It's heavy stuff in the morning. But I need that because that just, that's like my fuel. That says, Bex, you've got to do this. There's no way that you can stop. So I get my emails. I do all my work basically in the first couple hours of the day. And uh, then the kids wake up. The husband stumbles down the steps. And from there, it's just mom stuff. It's, It's, you know, full on making food, running errands, doing laundry, driving kids to and fro, you know, taking my phone. I'm always checking on my phone. My iPhone is my office. And um, I think any mom that's listening to this knows exactly what I do for the rest of the day. I yell and scream and scramble and schedule and drive. <laughs> that's my whole day. Oh my gosh. You're so yeah. cute. And you're the coolest mom ever. I uh, <laughs> You're so cute. I love that. That's amazing. Um, that's so, I just love the way you wake up like rearing to go and you dive right into your work because your work so fuels you. I mean, I think if everybody was that excited about their work, we would have like a really, really cool world and society, you know? It's not even my work. It's my mission. I love it so much. I'm so connected to it. It it really is who I am. And it's not that, you know, if I didn't have a job, I would cease to be me. Not that way. But it's like, it doesn't feel like a job. I will do this forever, whether I'm getting paid or I'm not. It's, I love it. Oh, that's amazing. So you do all this cool stuff all day and you're busy all day, but can you walk us through your evening rituals and your kind of evening routine? How do you wind down at the end of the day? It's pretty abrupt because the thing with having four kids is that we need to get them out of our hair. My husband and I, we both work from home and we're together 90% of the time um, because he's, he's a photographer. He'll, he'll go out on the road, but we're primarily working from our home office. So, um, every night we send the kids to bed, probably about nine 30. And then it's just, um, the two of us and we really honor the time that we spend alone together and we need that. And so it's usually just watching Lord of the Rings or having a glass of wine or I don't know, like whatever we're doing, like cheese and grapes. But, um, every night is, um, us alone. And, uh, that's just something that I w- I will not sacrifice for anything because I think so many couples get disconnected because they don't spend that time just kind of looking at each other and talking to each other. Yeah. So that's that's my nighttime thing. I love We're together. that. That's that's amazing. What a great way to like end the day with someone you love and have that have that in your mind and and get that connection time. I think that's awesome. But yeah. um, when and you talked about this a little bit before, but when do you connect when you're with yourself? What is your meditation practice life? Like, can you walk us through that? I love it. Okay, because my whole meditation philosophy and what I teach people online is that it's the quality of time, not the quantity of time that you spend in meditation. So I do have girlfriends who meditate for like 40 minutes. I'm like, how do you do that? Um, I love 
four minute meditations and I pretty much um, will, I don't know, grab them whenever I can. So most of the time it's in my car. So if I'm running an errand like to the post office, I'll pull up in my driveway. Oh, I love that. That's amazing, Bex. Go on. This is good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go inside right away. And anyone can do this. You need to take these times to transition from one activity to the other. So I'll take four minutes in my car and just get quiet and just breathe. And it's not a focus on anything, nothing. Now, I do moving meditations when I'm in my car and I'm driving. So instead of blasting music, I will say mantras out loud to myself. And I just put one out for my, my newsletter subscribers. And I have one called the I am love um, mantra meditation. And I basically for like three minutes, just scream, I am powerful. I am passionate. I am intuition. I was made with divine purpose. I'm here with a purpose. And I just do that like over and over and over um, for like a few minutes until my voice just goes away like it is now. And, um, but that's, that's my practice. And I do that every day. So I'm either quiet for a few minutes or I'm like screaming wonderful things at myself for a few minutes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm obsessed with that. I love everything about both of those things. And I'm going to definitely make, put both of those into my life because that's so amazing. And, you know, I think there's so much like People hear the word meditation and a lot of people have a like very distinct, very narrow-minded yeah. thing that they think of. And that is just so not what it is. You know, meditation can be shaking your arms wildly, driving. It can be, yeah, it can be on a little pillow in a yoga studio, you know, or it can not look anything like that at all. And I think that's the beauty of it. And, and meditation, that word, um, maybe kind of needs a rebranding. because <laughs> It does. Well, to meditate means to contemplate. People think that when you're meditating, you're supposed to think of nothing. When I say that it's about hyper-awareness, really tuning in to whatever needs attention at that moment. So sometimes I will be in lotus position on a pillow in my quiet bedroom, but that is so rare for so many of us. I mean, we, we do have these busy lives. I know that we shouldn't try to fit so much in, but the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of stuff that's beyond our control, like my kids' sports and schedules. So I've made it my own. Like this is my own brand of meditation. And my meditation means to contemplate whatever I need awareness on at that moment. And most of the time, it's just my own sanity or me saying that, you know, you're beautiful. You're enough. You can get through this day. And maybe that's the meditation. You're beautiful. You're enough. You can get through this day. And just saying that over and over and over again. And it's, it's just so powerful. The more you, it sounds ridiculous at first. No. Like you just feel, no, but I'm saying you feel like a fool. Right, <laughs> right. saying, like, I love you. I am beautiful. But you get, you get into it and it starts to take on an energy of its own and it carries you. It really just carries you throughout the day. Oh, I ah. am like, we, we could just end right now because I'm so excited about that. But I literally have like so much more I need to tell you. So we got, we got to get going. There's so much more. I've got to, got to ask you because this is, oh, this is all so good. Um, let's, let's talk food. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's start with a little scenario. You ready for it? I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. All right. So it's 8 PM. You've had a long day. You're beat. You're starving. Um, you got to probably feed the family too. Mm -hmm. What's your go-to thing that you eat slash make? Um, funny thing is in my house is that I don't do any of the cooking. My husband does it all. Lucky lady. Uh, <laughs> he does it all. I say that I'm a raw foodist just out of um, sheer laziness because I'm like the worst. I burn everything in the kitchen. So a typical dinner for us would be um, 
we eat meat on occasion. So a typical dinner would probably be like shrimp with quinoa or um, like chicken, like a chicken breast or whatever. Um, lots of vegetables, stir fries, lots of just throw everything into a bucket. We love quinoa. We love brown rice. Um, we love lots and lots of spices, but keeping it very, very, very simple. Um, there's not a lot of like lasagnas or big gigantic stews happening in this house because it's just, it just requires too many ingredients. Um, just, just easy stuff that we could throw on and make in 10 minutes. For me, um, I'm just grabbing like a piece of fruit. I've been known to have half a cantaloupe for dinner because I just really love eating simply and eating one thing at a time. I'm always grabbing handfuls of nuts during the day. I love my backyard chicken eggs. I'm addicted to avocados. (laughs) It's just really simple food. Um, I get the question all the time. Like, what do you eat? Like, I'm so bored with, you know, eating healthy. And my thing is, is that there's, you know, you can never run out of things to eat. Everything that grows everywhere is food. It's whole food. Um, so I just tell people to explore, go into the produce aisle, pick five things that you've never eaten before and try it out. It might be gross. Like I hated kale at first, but I got used to it. Um, but just, <laughs> okay, everybody loves kale. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just a, a big advocate of just taking something that you can eat with your hands and you don't need a lot of utensils to eat. <laughs> I completely 100% agree. And I love what you said about there's always so many options. I, I, the summer, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to do this, but, um, yeah. I love thinking about the world, like in terms of Willy Wonka. So mm-hmm. I think about, you know, in that movie, it was candy everywhere, but like, you know, the universe has created this amazing place for us where, you know, you walk around outside and there's just all of this amazing stuff that was right here for us that we were meant to eat. And there's so much of it. I I love, you know, trying a fruit or vegetable that I've never had before as much as I possibly can. And I don't think I'll ever run out, you know, there's so much cool stuff out there. And, um, it's crazy. It's just, it's, it's really fun. And I love that you guys do that. I think what's happened to people is that we've really trained our taste buds to not be able to taste real food and real, like have real sensations. So, I recommend to everyone, and I, this is going to suck. I know people are going to hate me and throw stuff at me, but go off of the processed foods for just two weeks. Just two weeks. I want you to just go completely raw for two weeks. Your taste buds will change so dramatically that when you eat that next peach, it's going to be like a flavor explosion. You'll never, you'll go back to regular sugar or processed food and be like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is too sweet. I could never eat this again. Like I can't drink regular lemonade ever again because like from the, from the store, like a processed, whatever, from a, from a carton, um, because I've gotten so used to eating real whole foods and I'm so excited by them. So I would just recommend sugar detox, definitely processed foods. If you can, I'm off of caffeine for four months and I've never had more energy in my life. It's just when you really start to remove these these chemicals from your body, um, everything gets so exciting. Food gets so exciting. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Um, talking breakfast, you kind of told us about your snacks and your dinners. Do you have a mm-hmm. staple go-to breakfast? Do you kind of eat the same yeah. thing every day? Can you talk yeah. to us about that? If it's not, I'm either completely raw fruit in the morning, and if I'm not doing raw fruit in the morning, I'm going to have um, two backyard chicken eggs for my chickens. Um, 
avocado, sometimes salsa, and sometimes like I love these organic tortilla chips. So I kind of have this like Mexican mashup breakfast. Mexican <laughs> um, fiesta. Yeah, it's really it's really amazing. Eggs with salsa and um, avocado, fresh avocado, unbelievable. So that's my go to breakfast if I'm not just having fresh fruit. Yum! I love that. That's amazing. Um, cool. Well, getting to getting to a little bit more self care, and food is totally a, a act of self care, especially the way that you feed yourself and feed your family. But if you could choose your number one practical action of self care you take for yourself every single day or most days, what would that be? It's meditation, one hundred percent. Because meditation um, is really that time that's set aside only for getting to know yourself. And that is the basis of all health and happiness is really getting in touch with yourself. Because if you don't know yourself, then you're not going to be aware um, when it comes to how you eat, how you exercise, how you move, how you are in relationships. It's really having that understanding of self and that love of self that comes from a, from a strong meditation practice, which I said could could be two to four minutes every single day. That's all. Um, even when you're in the shower, the time you're in the shower, you can be meditating. Um, that time to really get in touch um, with yourself is just, it's number one. Mm. That will make everything easier. And life is supposed to be easy. So <laughs> do that and it'll be easy. I love that. That's amazing. So what about um, when it comes to beauty? What is your favorite beauty ritual? Soap and water. <laughs> But beauty, this is so funny. I don't wear makeup. When I for my first television appearance, they told me that I had to come in, um, come TV ready for hair and makeup. And I had a panic attack and I hired my girlfriend to come with me because I didn't, I shampoo, condition, run a brush through my hair. And that's the only thing that happens to my hair ever. And um, soap, water, and moisturizer is basically the only thing that happens to my skin besides, like, mascara and lip gloss if I'm going somewhere fancy, like a Hay House event. <laughs> so, and let me tell you, you look good. So that, Well, thank you. This girl, she can do it, and it doesn't take much. You heard it here, folks. Everybody can do it. We're so beautiful. So my- cute. You were so cute. I, well, <laughs> to, let's just tell the elevator story. I saw her on Love the elevator. It. We were like packed like sardines in this elevator. And I was like nervous to um, to say hi. And I was like, hi, Bex Life. And I was like, oh, my God. She's going to like think I'm such a creep right And I now. was like, oh, my God. That's so weird. <laughs> I like, So <laughs> weird. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. You were adorable. I told you. I thought that you were Gabby Bernstein from behind. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the biggest compliment of my life. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. No. That. No, everyone should do it. My um, uh, blogger that I really admire, Alexis Wolfer, she has this um, Makeup Free Monday. I think that's what it's called. I don't want to butcher it. But basically, this call to action for women to you know show themselves on the internet with no makeup. And I did it with my um, Bex Life followers. And these women were beautiful. I was like, what are you t- why are you wearing makeup at all? This is insane. And not just like... so much time. Oh, so much time. And you know what? It's, I mean, I do it again. It's like the raw food thing. I do it because I just never learned how. I was never a girly girl. I never learned how to do my hair. But there's so much freedom in it. I am out the door in five minutes. Amazing. <laughs> so I like it. That's amazing. I love that. Um, okay, cool. So how about – now this is like your little soapbox, okay? This is like your time to clear some stuff up, okay? Okay. 
So what is the biggest nutrition or fitness misconception out there that you think um, needs to be cleared up? And, and what would you say to people about that? Um, there's two things. Uh, calories in, calories out. I think it's complete BS. Um, people think that they could have, um, you know, like if I eat 400 calories worth of Oreo cookies and then I run for four miles, then that's going to cancel it out. Um, nutrition and health and even weight loss is not about calories in, calories out. It's about the quality of calories in. If you are eating a raw food diet or a mostly raw plant-based diet, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, um, you know, even high fat stuff like avocados, high sugar, things like fruit, you are going to be phenomenal. Like I eat fruit like it's my job and I am not fat because people say fruit makes you fat because all the sugar. Your body, when it rec- when it gets real food, it recognizes it, it knows what to do with it and it will digest it um, very efficiently. So you can't just eat anything. And then there's also this principle of um, that you can eat everything in moderation or everything's healthy in moderation, which I which at a time when all food was real and it wasn't sprayed with pesticides and all of that, I would say that that was completely true. Um, but now our food has become toxic and dangerous. So I don't think that you can drink diet soda in moderation and it's okay. I think diet soda is poison. And um, it's the same, like you wouldn't have your child drink out of, uh, you know, a Roundup bottle. So, but that's basically what's happening when they're eating food, you know, fruits and vegetables that are heavily sprayed with pesticides. So I'm not taking an elitist attitude and saying everyone should eat organic all the time because I understand that there are political issues with that and economic issues, but people should be aware that our food has become dangerous and it's, and the whole moderation thing doesn't really, you know, fly nowadays. So we have to be aware to, um, you know, really try to feed ourselves the highest quality that we can and that we can afford and have access to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll even go out there to say, Every time you do buy organic, and, and maybe it's not feasible every time, and I know um, mm. Chris Carr has talked about this too, but you're voting every single yes. time you do. And I think that, you know, every time we can make that choice and put our dollar where we want it to be and in a place, it makes it better for everybody in the end. So Yes. I can say I was a mother. Um, I was a single mother of three. I was on food stamps um, six years ago. And uh, so I know what it's like to not be able to afford uh, food and have access to it. And I think that's one of the um, the biggest issues that we have in America today is that people don't have access to real food and therefore they're becoming sick and then they don't have access to adequate health care. It's like a vicious cycle. So for those of us who can, um, when we can, to try to support small farmers, local CSAs, um, organic companies that are making good organic food, non-GMO food, because it makes it more affordable for everybody. Because I think of those mothers who don't have access and are struggling to give their kids healthy food. Um, so it's super, super important. Absolutely. That's, yeah, 100%. I completely agree. So going off of that with what you're saying with, um, with kind of where our society is and where our country is now, where do you see holistic wellness and health and nutrition and say – 10 years and where would you like to see it? I think that this is, we are in the midst of a revolution. Um, 
with with the amount of information that's out there, how accessible it is, how many good people I know who are like angels from heaven who are doing miraculous work. There is no way that we can stop this. There are, there are women that I know who would never have been interested in politics or any of this stuff before who are becoming so empowered because you know they're, they're having children or their nieces and nephews or whoever. They see how important this is and how, and how dangerous our food has become. And uh, even with access to healthcare, thank God for Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, who blew the lid off of the birthing process and how um, em- less empowered, disempowered women have become in the birthing process with, with her movie, The Business of Being Born. And it opened up my eyes and I ended up having a home birth with my fourth baby. And it's just, there's just so many people out there doing so much good work that because of the internet, the wonderful, wonderful internet, that is, it's bringing it to everybody. I think it's unstoppable. I think that we are on the verge of a really amazing revolution where people are, you know, going to start taking control of their own health, growing their own food and telling more people about it. Yes. It really feels so cool that, you know, people are not only getting on the bandwagon with this because yeah, it is maybe the, the trendy thing or the kind of buzzword things, you know, but it's not all about the kale and the quinoa. This is like real issues that are going to change our lives and change our society and change our children's lives, you know, and I think it's so cool to have exactly what you said, these revolutionaries um, getting on, getting on the path and, and helping that vicious cycle of the healthcare and the expensive products and yeah. expensive food and, and making real food affordable and, and not this other Franken food or fake food or whatever it is. And it's just, it can be really scary and it's really, well, really feels great to know that there's people doing their part out there. Yeah. Well, I'll bring up Gabby again. <laughs> she's like another running underlying theme of the evening. Why not? She Why says, not? yeah, she's awesome. Um, but she says like, this is the time for teachers. And I think that's so powerful yeah. because never before in history in the history of man has it been more true that if you touch one person, you have done your job, you have changed the world? Because I can go and touch a person who maybe can reach a million people through their platform. I mean, for instance, people write to me and they'll say, I have a, a really important issue or something I want to discuss. And look at the tens of thousands of people that I reach every single day. So you never know who you're going to affect and how many people that then they're going to go affect. And then those people and those people and those people, and it's exponential. So with this, the Asia we're in right now, I mean, you can, you can start a revolution from your living room on your laptop and it's, um, there's so much opportunity. So if you have something to say, you have a responsibility to say it. Don't keep it a secret. You got to say it because Absolutely. it can have huge, huge ramifications and benefits for so many people. Yeah. You can, you can say it from your office iPhone, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. In your bathroom. I mean, exactly. I never iPhone from the bathroom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <That's gross. laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, let's finish up with some quick fire questions. What do you think? Yes, let's do it. All right. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Favorite color? Green. Favorite yoga pose? Warrior. Favorite day of the week? Wednesday. (laughs) Favorite hour of the day? 5.30 a.m. Favorite summer vegetable and how to prepare it? Summer vegetable. I like Jersey tomatoes and I like fried green tomatoes. Ooh, yum. Favorite fruit? Uh, watermelon. 
Favorite way to relax? <laughs> I like margaritas on the beach in Tulum. <laughs> Love it. Favorite meal out somewhere? Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, you know what? I love the raw lasagna from Pure Food and Wine in New York City. Amazing. Oh, love Pure Food and Wine. What what does your ideal 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 day look like? What do, what's your ideal? <laughs> my ideal. Um, <laughs> I wake up with my husband. We have tea on our back porch play with the kids for a little while then we get to send them to the sitters and then we take a hike at the Delaware Water Gap um, up Mount Tammany and then we just like look over the whole the whole scene from the mountaintop yeah that's amazing we do that a lot so I have a lot of good days that's so great (laughs) that's so great so what superhero power would you like to have for just a day healing (laughs) I like to heal people with like my magic touch. You have that power. I think you're so great. I think you already have that healing power. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Favorite vacation you've ever had? Mm, I love Belize. I love Tulum, but I Belize was the best adventure vacation I've ever been on with my husband. It was a lot of fun. Cool. What is your go-to favorite snack on the go when you're super in a hurry? Avocados. I eat them in the car. <laughs> with a spoon. <laughs> I love it. Favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. I, I have two that really changed my life. Um, Girl Interrupted, which a lot of your listeners are probably going to know, um, that I read when I was a teenager. But another one that changed everything for me was a book called Soul on Ice by Eldridge Cleaver. And he was a Black Panther. Um, and he his memoirs are it's amazing. So Soul on Ice. Look that up. It's intense. Cool. Favorite movie? Uh, is, um, oh, oh my gosh, my favorite movie. I have so many. I want to say Legend with um, Tom Cruise. Do you know that one? I don't know it, but now I want to see it. <laughs> it's a fantasy movie. There's unicorns in it. Ooh, unicorns. Okay. Call, I'm in. I'm in. We'll get Chris Carr and we'll have a movie next. Exactly. Get some green juice. We'll be good. Totally. I love it. Favorite song? Oh my gosh, my favorite song is "Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover" by Sophie V. Hawkins. I'm oh, aging I love myself. That song. That's such a '90s jam. I know. I love it. Oh man, this has been so much fun. It is seriously so much fun talking with you, Bex. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely um, one of the most fun one of these that I've ever done. I'm like laughing hysterically. This oh, is great. Good, You're good, great. good. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with Wonderland? Anything exciting um, that you want to share with people and just kind of let people know where you are? We'll have all the links below, but anything general? Just in general, um, I want everyone to do me a favor tonight. This is something that I asked everyone to do for my birthday. Um, I want everyone, when they listen to this, and no matter how silly they feel, I want them to get in front of a mirror, and I want them to do two things. I want them to say, I love you, look at themselves and say, I love you, and then I want them to say what they love about themselves. So, for instance, I say, I love you, I think your freckles are great, and I love the sound of your laugh. And that's me talking to myself. And I want them to do the same for themselves, no matter how weird it feels. (laughs) That's amazing. What amazing advice. Thank you so much for everything today, Bex. You have been amazing. 
And we will see you again in Wonderland really soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.